0: Welcome to the You Can Be Unstoppable podcast. My name is Evelina Szczoblecka, your host and certified hypnotherapist. In this podcast, I will share with you how to tap into the power of your subconscious mind. I intend to share with you how learning How to use the power of your subconscious mind can help you to create a successful and abundant life with ease. How to connect with yourself while fostering a healthy relationship with your body and mind. Tapping into the power of the subconscious mind will help you to learn how to manage your emotions, become more resilient and present, In all of your relationships, self-love and self-worth are the keys to the kingdom of success and abundance, to happy and healthy life on your terms. Welcome to the next episode of the You Can Be Unstoppable. And I've got a wonderful guest for you. Ashley Dunwald and she's a certified life and weight loss coach. Welcome to my show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Fantastic. Amazing. So I've got a few questions for you and see where this conversation will take us. And I'm just going to start off with a really big question just to be easy on you. (laughs) Okay. From my perspective, a lot of the Uh, suffering that we endure as women or we unwillingly or unconsciously if I can say this we put ourselves through a lot of heartache because we suffer from I am not good enough Mm. and whether we are aware of this or not whether we want to admit this to ourselves or not i find that this is an underlying problem for a lot of us i wanted to see what is your perspective
1: i agree so much with that statement i'm glad you brought that up to start us off because i do think we're in this place where we're working towards women's empowerment it's girl power like we've got some really good shifts taking place on this planet But there's still a lot of stuckness deep down in this wound of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I don't deserve love or it's not safe. Potentially part of it is it's not safe for me to show up in the way that feels natural um, for many different reasons. But I absolutely agree that this um, deep subconscious or whatever we want to call it belief of I'm not good enough is playing a major role in our daily lives, in our ability to experience abundance and happiness and joy, and to be able to create a life that potentially looks different than society says we should as a woman, as a career person, as a mother. Um, And that's one thing I definitely help my clients and I've worked through myself as well. And I think it's kind of an ongoing journey um, as we continue to work on our our um, personal development and on our hearts and souls and kind of where we're going in this world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because it took me a while to admit this to myself that I struggled with not feeling good enough. I had that frustration in myself because things were not working out for me, but I needed to actually take a step back first and say, okay, this is the problem and I need to address this before anything else can shift. Because I really wholeheartedly believe that whatever what's going on inside of us, it's projected outside. So the outside is the extension of ourselves, not the other way around. And I think that's what's wrong with the society. They say, oh, but if you're going to get this degree and this degree, you're going to achieve X, Y and Z. You're going to get married, have kids. Then and only then you will be happy. Will you? Because I have a huge question about on that one.
1: Yeah, that's such a good insight. And it is really like our external lives, whether it's kind of the state of your house or your routines or your health, a lot of that is just reflecting and showing us what's going on in our inner world, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that if you have a messy house, you have a chaotic mind necessarily. But um, a lot of times there is kind of an indication, there is a mirroring effect of what's going on externally to internally. And I say this in a way that is not putting all the pressure on you. There's so much societal messaging and influencing happening as well. Um, but yeah, I do like that insight.
0: Yeah. And I think as women, we are so afraid to ask for help. Mm. Like we are afraid that we, lose going, look, we are going to lose this status of a superwoman, of a super that can do everything. But why? We don't have to do everything. We are a human being too that deserves to be taken care of mm. and have a time off. Yeah. Agree? yeah. I agree
1: completely.
0: And I think
1: we can look back a little bit in history and just how we've lived most of our human history is as a tribal community is with so much support. Especially if we're talking about mothering, I mean, you had so much support of other mothers, of other teenagers, teenagers. of even the men at times, like you had support of other people. So you weren't always watching your child by yourself. Um, And same thing with like careers, like you were doing jobs together, you know, five, 10, however many women doing a task together. You weren't sitting off in this little area by yourself doing one task in an isolated way. And so for me, I think. When women are struggling with feeling like they're not productive enough or they're not fulfilled enough, um, I always say like you probably need 10 times more support than you're getting. And you just don't think that you deserve it. You think that we should be doing this without support. And really it's crazy that we're not having so much more support in our every single day life than we're getting.
0: Absolutely, I encourage all my clients to be courageous enough and question their beliefs Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: ask themselves is this belief a story that i'm telling myself is actually beneficial to me and is helping me to create an extraordinary life that i do want and desire Mm -hmm. because if it doesn't why are you still holding on to this belief or story that you keep telling yourself and why do you have it in the first place? Because a lot of the time, it's not even our story, our belief. We've picked it up along the way somewhere, whether there were our parents, whether they were grandparents, someone else's parents. Somewhere we saw something, we heard something, we were treated in a certain way. We created a belief, a pattern, a story that we're still holding on to. But it takes courage to look into that because sometimes it's not simple. It may bring some emotional pain that we don't want to look at it, but without doing this work, we are perpetuating those unhelpful stories and beliefs that are keeping us stuck in a place and situation that is not beneficial to us. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, I mean, most of this
1: messaging a lot of it we took on before the age of seven, even. Yep. And I know you're into hypnosis. I think that's so amazing and lovely and what a great modality. And um, when we're under the age of seven, our brain is in that theta state a lot, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the state of hypnosis. It is. I-, I call it like-, <laughs>
0: it's like a sponge, you know, children that are walking, talking camera with a microphone that just gather data without a critical mind so it's just input yeah so it doesn't matter
1: what your parents or what your teachers or what the tv was telling you your brain just absorbs it and believes it as true and takes it on as a personal message and then we don't tend to until there's a bit of this in our teenage years where we're evaluating some things but we typically don't go into all of our beliefs as a teenager with a very like analytical neutral a place mm-hmm. to look at our beliefs and kind of reevaluate are these beliefs that I've had are they even serving me are they something that I would want to pass on to the next generation do they make sense are they actually helping me do mm-hmm. anything positive or are they really kind of a barrier and I can reevaluate and create new beliefs
0: mm, and it's so powerful because I think we forget and especially us women we can be really bad with that. The most important relationship we can ever have is with ourselves, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much you love your children, and I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. but you are not going to spend 24-7 with them all the time. Once you know they grow up and they move on. And at the end of the day, you are facing yourself, your emotions, your feelings, yourself all the time that's the only relationship that matters because then that is an extension to all the other relationships that you have with your children and with your partner. So if you have problems loving yourself and accepting yourself, then unfortunately, unwillingly and unconsciously, we pass on a lot of this to our children. And because as you said, and I totally agree, they observe us, they watch us. And they accept what they see without questioning. I was like, I think mommy's got a bad day. It's nothing to do with me. They don't think like this. Right. They're going to interpret your bad days. Like, oh, my mom, mommy doesn't love me anymore. It means I'm not lovable. So it's really important. And it's not to make anyone feel bad. It's to bring awareness up and be a bit more conscious about that. The relationship with yourself is really important. And it's about stopping all. To everyone all the time. You are not a martyr. You're allowed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can have it all, because I really believe you can have it all, but you don't have to do it all by yourself.
1: Oh, you have a that. husband
0: to help you, you've got a grandmother to help you, you can hire help. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important to understand. Because if we want to be all to everyone, that's where frustration comes in and overwhelm and burnout, because we just can't
1: hmm You're
0: so correct
1: on that. And I think one of the hardest parts for us is a lot of us feel selfish when mm-hmm. we are trying to support ourselves, when we're working on anything for ourselves. It feels like as women, if it's not working towards the ultimate goal of helping your family, helping others, helping your spouse, then it feels like we can't take on something just for the sake of our own health and wellness.
0: And I think that's where boundaries come to place because we need to know exactly what is that we want and need. And if that need means that you need a bit of time off to reconnect with yourself and be yourself and fully show up for your children and, and in your business or career, and if that means that you need a bit of time to recoup, put the boundary in place. And it means, okay, your husband needs to look after your children or do something else or you need to hire head, whatever that is that you need identify and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is up to
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I work a lot on this with um, especially moms where resentment comes in because um, I don't know how popular for you guys, but the five love languages are mm-hmm. very, very popular over here. Yeah. And I love this concept of, helping your partner, trying to um, speak to them, trying to um, involve them in love languages that feel Mm -hmm. good for them. But really like we've turned it and weaponized it into if my partner is not successfully able to do this because their love languages are different than mine, then we come into all these problems and we have resentment. And I find a lot of couples after marriage therapy They tried this and it worked for a couple of months and then they can't sustain it. Mm -hmm. And so um I work a lot with moms on, okay, so your husband there or your partner, um, whatever, however that looks for you guys, but your partner or spouse, they are trying and doing their best. Potentially they're not succeeding. And like you said, like maybe you need to hire some support, maybe you need to go on social media and find other support, but putting all of the pressure on your spouse or your partner to meet your needs can be a really quick way to cause some pressure and kind of put a wedge in between your relationship too
0: that is so powerful and i just thought about something that esther Pereira says a lot that you know used to we had and like you said a whole village helping us to meet the needs that we had and now we live in such isolated circumstances. We live in blocks and houses, and I remember growing up and everyone knew everyone, and you could easily go to your neighbors and borrow a cup of sugar if you needed, or ask your neighbors to look after your children. People live in houses and blocks now, and they have no idea who their neighbor is. Mm-hmm. And it's unfair to put that pressure on your partner. Yes, love languages are really important because if you don't know what your partner's love language, that's really hard then to fulfill those needs. But he's not all. He can be all. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important to recognize that you can be all and he can be all. And I think there's that expectation as we as women, we want to be so helpful caring and taking you know take care of everyone and everything but we are running ourselves to the ground and it's so important that we understand that our needs are as important as everyone else's needs and it's really important to put boundaries in place around your work time your free time your you know, husband loving time, whatever you know, call it as you want. <laughs> no.
1: Absolutely.
0: So it's really important that we, because then the anxiety kicks in as well, because we put so much expectation and we struggle to fail, and then we feel anxious about I cannot do it. Joe, I agree. I agree completely. And
1: when you're bringing up, um, like putting boundaries and having things, and then getting overwhelmed. I think a lot of times it's because we're focusing on our actions so much that we're saying, here's my to-do list and here's my full calendar. And we're totally ignoring the the whole level of our thoughts and what our brain is doing internally all day long through every single task. So I love to have clients work on this idea of having like a feeling of the day that we're going to experience. picking, do I want to feel inspired today? Do I want to feel curious today? Um, Not going straight to excitement and joy and happiness uh, because those can be kind of triggering and we can have a lot of issues around there, but just having this like guiding feeling of the day where you're doing all the tasks, but really at the end of the day, if you were able to be curious throughout your day, then no matter what tasks got done and what didn't, you still succeeded in giving yourself the experience of that curiosity or that inspiration um, or that love appreciation whatever you're working on
0: just because we have a thought it doesn't mean that is real Mm -hmm. but if we don't know that we can actually choose Mm -hmm. to move our attention away from the thought that we have we tend to let the mind kind of run us with the thought and we go into the very deep rabbit hole and then we feel even worse so for me it's really powerful which is kind of what you do but slightly differently i like to teach my clients setting intentions in the morning Mm -hmm. for the day and whether that is how they want to feel or what they want to achieve but setting an intention what is that you want to happen during that day because otherwise we kind of leave it to the chance and then we like oh but nothing really happened and oh my day was really bad I was like well but did you tell yourself what you wanted to happen and and then goes to thoughts as well if you have a thought just move your attention you have the choice you don't have to go with the negative patterns and I want to know what will you uh, tell your clients in terms of how to deal with repetitive negative thoughts
1: Oh, I'm so glad you got you brought up the repetitive thoughts because those are so haunting and they're hard to escape. And it's they're like, you know, I feel like a porcupine quill. like <laughs> you have a hook on the end, so you try to pull them out and you're just doing more damage. So there's several different ways that I'd like to go about repetitive thoughts. One that can be very helpful for people in the beginning is to just view them as like clouds. Mm-hmm. So each thought is like a cloud floating around in the sky okay, I'm a bad mom, I'm a bad mom, I'm a bad mom. We're just kind of watching this thought and we're noticing that it's floating around there, but we're not putting intensity to it and we're not trying to resist it. Um, I know a lot of people really struggle with this repetitive thoughts in the middle of the night. Also mm-hmm. waking up between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. and thinking about, I need to get this done or this isn't working whatever's happening in your career, like whatever's wrong, it tends to just come and then you just cycle through it and you can't get back to sleep. And one thing I'd really like to do there is to get our brain into a very, very creative mode and start creating some sort of fantasy like thing, whether it's for some people like their dream kitchen, their dream house, I'm having them pick every single wall color, every single like light lighting switch, you know, a pool, like whatever that looks like. Um, or if they want to create something magical, like some magical treehouse in a forest, and what mm-hmm. would that look like? And what would the plants be? And what would the moon be? But I think getting the brain out of this problem mode is really helpful, letting it get creative and expansive because we tend to contract when we get this repetitive thinking, we're very contracted. We get very stuck and we intensify the importance of that one thought and also just knowing that humans have crazy thoughts. Sometimes they have crazy thoughts that come out of nowhere. It doesn't really matter where they're coming from because you have a weird thought, um, a crazy thought, one that you are embarrassed about doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That's totally, totally normal. And we can kind of just let thoughts come and go.
0: That's beautiful. Cause I love that. Cause we can observe our thoughts without judgment. Mm-hmm. And when we become more aware, they are less triggering. Because I noticed that with myself when I started on my journey, and then the thoughts, I mean, they're still popping. Like, I'm not a perfect person, and no one is. And, but I watched them with curiosity. And I was like, oh, you back. Okay, what are you doing in here? <laughs> and I have a conversation with her because that way I dissipate the intensity of that thought. Because mm-hmm. I don't give it any meaning. Just because I had that thought, it doesn't mean that suddenly I'm the bad person or suddenly I'm, I'm successful or I'm not enough. It's like, oh, okay, you're here or you're trying to tell me, have I slipped somewhere or have I had some other thoughts that kind of slipped my awareness and that's why you're here. So I look at them at curiosity and I don't give any judgment. It's like, okay, here you come, left you, off you go, I, I don't need you in my life. Yes, absolutely. I love that you bring the curiosity.
1: I think curiosity is such a helpful feeling for us to use when we're working with our mind and working with our emotions and our thoughts. It helps us just be a little bit more gentle and loving towards what's happening with us. Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought curiosity.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so important to just invite lightness, joy, and inner peace into the work that we do, because sometimes it can be really heavy and it just makes unnecessary friction Mm -hmm. into the process when, when it's light and fun and joyful, it's so much easier.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And isn't that
1: hard? I, (laughs) I have the hardest time with lightness. It's something that really, I didn't get to experience into the last couple of years of my life. Mm And still now I will slip back into like these deep, heavy places where I'm like, you know, I even judge myself still like I know better than this to go down Mm -hmm. that path. But Our brains, our nervous systems, they get wired very young and those patterns are so entrenched that we need to give ourselves grace we're not always going to be able to stay, I mean, like in this high vibe, you know, place, mm-hmm. I know, I I feel like even there's like um, pressure in the spiritual community to be like, yeah. so high vibe and, you know, um, rising up in our consciousness and raising our vibration and all of that. And it's okay to be human and it's okay to be yeah. dense and it's okay to have dark, hard times. That's not taking us away from that goal. That's just an experience that all of us have too.
0: Yeah. And I think that's it's taking too far it's almost like toxic joyfulness because Mm. we can be like that all the time especially if that's something that wasn't necessarily easy for us in the past because let's say those neural pathways are still very much there they just i like to call them slightly dusted (laughs) (laughs) because we haven't been using them but they are still there they just faded a little bit but it's like. I'll give you an example of smoking. So if someone smoked and maybe had hypnosis session and they stopped, okay? The worst thing they can do is to test themselves. Like, oh, I see if I can just have one occasionally. Bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Really Bad idea. Those, you know, pathways are still there. Mm -hmm. Don't test yourself. And the same with us. If joy or seeing yourself as someone who's really worthy and confident wasn't you there were some underlying stories and beliefs and you managed to unravel this and now you see yourself worthy those neural pathways are still there so it's it's a constant work however it's also being kind to yourself Mm -hmm. so when you sleep and you have a bad day that's okay you are human
1: Absolutely. Yes. And the stories that you tell yourself about that, like we're so harsh to go into I'm failing and comparing mm. ourselves to other people. And like you mentioned, the toxic joyfulness, we go on to social media and we're seeing just, you know, the best parts of everyone's lives. And then we're thinking for some reason, they don't have hard times or they might not be in therapy. They might not be needing help right now. Mm. Um, and that's just not the true picture. No.
0: So as much as I love social media, there's a whole dark side of that one because I try to impose a lot of boundaries around social media and how much time I spend there. Because obviously I'm on social media for the business, <laughs> but then it's like, okay, how much do I actually spend time over there without getting sucked mm-hmm. into the whole dark side of <laughs> Yeah. And what
1: I like to do is when people are just scrolling, say you're just scrolling TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. um, I like people to actually, my clients to say pass or accept. Mm -hmm. So when I see a post, instead of letting these, we actually just start telling stories. Usually we'll see a post, we'll start getting information, and then we'll start to tell a story about that person. It's fascinating that our brain's need to have stories to make sense of things. So before I start telling myself or once I've started the story and I catch it, I like to say um, pass or accept Mm -hmm. because then it's me giving the control to myself of how I'm interacting with that specific post without getting very intensely negative about something. If that's not for me, if that doesn't feel good, I'm just like, oh, pass and keep scrolling. And if it's like, accept, then I know this resonates with me. This feels healing, this feels good. Um, but it it helps me stay out of the villainizing as well, where I'm not mm-hmm. now saying that this is terrible and I can't believe that's here and kind of fighting with it. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, no fighting is not good. So kind of switching a little bit. So I love your mission. I love what you do. Uh, so you're helping women to destroy the inner critic and to stop uh, ruthlessly to get all you know done, which we've kind of touched upon as. Can you talk a little bit more about this? Why is this your mission? Why do you feel so passionate about this? Oh, yeah. Thank you. So um, I started
1: down this path. So um, motherhood was always something I aspired to. It was... I just always wanted to be a mom with everything in my being. And the process of becoming a mother for me was fairly difficult. My pregnancy was not a comfortable one. Um, I had a five, I think it technically it spanned five days was my labor. It was, I believe, 99 hours <laughs> when we go <laughs> to it. And my son came out healthy, but there was some birth trauma and he ended up with severe colic. So from the minute he was born, There was hours and hours of screaming and crying. He'd be inconsolable. You never know when it would start. And that lasted Mm -hmm. for nine months. So um, I ended up not doing very well with that. My husband was working nights during this. And so I had postpartum anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And I, my nervous system just was barely hanging on. I was putting so much effort into surviving each day. And I was so disappointed that in my eyes, I wasn't being the mother I wanted to, and that my son was unhappy apparently. And it was really hard. So I did find therapy, go on some medication. I've done all sorts of modalities to kind of bring my mental state to a more stable place. But I still was experiencing this lack of fulfillment, which was shocking and confusing because to me, motherhood was like the ultimate in bringing meaning and fulfillment into my life. And that's when I found this life coaching, which I call thought adaptation life coaching, where I was able to rewire those neural pathways, I was able to examine my thoughts, change my perspective, my thoughts, my beliefs to work for me without changing the circumstances that I had a baby that was crying all the time, who wasn't sleeping well. My husband was away working nights a lot, um, but I get to drastically change my life and my daily experience of my life from the inside out essentially. So once I experienced that, I said, I have to do this for other women because as mothers, a lot of times our inner world is so mean mm. and it's so hard And you would never know it from the outside. We're so good at just putting on a mask and getting everything done and loving everyone else, supporting everyone else. And as women, not even just mothers, as women, we do this too. So my heart just goes out to women to help us have an inner experience that feels better and isn't so hard for ourselves.
0: I so agree. We are such a good masters at putting this show that we have it all, the, the, our life is perfect, and we're the perfect mother, wife, businesswoman, or if we have a career. But when we really stop and examine, there is a lot that is not right. And we're even lying to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we matter. And the, the world stop one day, your body one day will say, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And I have been there. Mm-hmm. and. When I finally stopped, I stopped (laughs) because my (laughs) daughter was like, I'm making sure that you're stopping. Mm -hmm. It's really important to slow down. And I think you speak about this as well, that when we avoid slowing down, it's the symptom of something much bigger going on inside of you. There's some emotion, some stories that you keep telling yourself that you are afraid to look at. And all this busy, all this being a perfect mother and a perfect wife and building a career or a business, is just a mask covering a bigger problem.
1: Because we absolutely
0: don't have to be, you know, we don't have to function 24-7. You're allowed to enjoy life.
1: Absolutely, yes. And we're just striving. It's this relentless striving that we're doing because there is that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough. And we are. And it's so hard to just radically, I should say, it's hard and easy. It's just a thought, it's just a belief to radically love and accept ourselves, Mm -hmm. which can be very, very hard to do on our own. Uh, Much, I highly recommend getting support. Um, when we're working on these beliefs, but we are more than enough just by being, if nothing gets done that day, we are more than good enough.
0: Mm-hmm. And the and funny
1: thing is that we think that accepting that belief is going to prevent us from doing anything productive in our life. We think, <laughs> okay, If I just think that I'm good enough and I don't have to strive, then I'm going to sit on the couch with Netflix and chocolate and not do anything. And the opposite is true. Once we release that pressure and then allow ourselves, give ourselves that total freedom that we were meant to experience, then we can show up and we have the energy. We have the mental energy. We have the space. We have the physical energy where we're like, oh, I do feel like getting this done. And it's not from a place of burnout and trying to prove something. It's truly from a place of inspiration and motivation.
0: When we're tired, our creativity is gone. Mm-hmm. Our mental capacity is gone. Mm-hmm. So what you could have done in two hours you probably sit in front of the computer a whole day and still it's a struggle yes you hit that
1: one <laughs> on that absolutely yeah
0: and you know when we really love ourselves we will have those boundaries in place we will take time off to do nothing we t- do take time off to just be and enjoy the family time down the lake and just do nothing mm-hmm. because that's fine that's absolutely okay you don't have to go 24 7 to feel like you already or Pushing that bar higher and higher. So, so I often see as well as, as women, we achieve something, but because we struggle with that enoughness or worthiness, we push the bar higher and there's another goal. And another goal, higher and higher is never enough because that external validation is never enough. If you're not feeling worthy from inside of you, external validation is never going to be enough. It's a short left satisfaction.
1: Absolutely. And you're right. We get that little tiny hit of dopamine that feels mm-hmm. good after accomplishing a task. And then we just move right on to the next thing. It's like we just wipe it away. And now we have to strive towards the
0: next thing. And it's. We don't even slow down or no stop to like acknowledge how much we achieved. It's like, wow. It's like, look what I just done. And I think it's that condition societal expectations i think that we've got that we just never feel enough it's all about striving to do more mm-hmm. but we never say oh actually you a mother a wife you know probably a sister and you know a daughter and god knows what else mm-hmm. when is going to come the time when you say actually i am a pretty god goddamn... <laughs> <laughs> yes as i am yeah yeah but and it
1: is turning that critical voice into a supportive voice. Absolutely.
0: Because it's like, what what does it have to happen for you to stop and say yes to yourself? Mm -hmm. And I think part of the problem with that too is
1: at first it's really uncomfortable to do that. Absolutely. Like we think it's going to feel good. We think when we have time and we have space and we're relaxing and we're being present with our family, it's going to feel good, but it's so uncomfortable if we're not used to that, because when you give yourself the space, then those subconscious things and those repressed emotions, there's going to be feelings that now have time and space to bubble up to the surface. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of us try to be more mindful and it doesn't feel good. And then we shove our feelings right back down because it's very uncomfortable. Here's some sadness that I don't know where it's coming from. I don't understand or anger or whatever emotions are coming up. If we don't know that that's a normal part of the process of slowing down, giving Mm -hmm. ourselves time and space, learning to be present in the moment. If we don't know that that's transient, that it won't be like that forever, that yes, there's going to be some emotions coming up to process. We can just feel them and move on. Um, I think that's where a lot of people kind of get stuck because they make this attempt. It feels really bad. They don't understand what's happening. It's confusing. And then they kind of go back into the Mm -hmm. status quo
0: it's a normal process as you said it's called disintegration anxiety your brain is just like "Wow, what's happening in here I don't like this it's so unknown and unfamiliar to me all this not doing anything or doing less <laughs> yeah. I don't like it because brain doesn't like new unfamiliar things because it doesn't know how to navigate it and then because you slow down which is the symptom of sorry so when you slow down When you were so busy, it was a symptom of something else because now the sadness and the anger and whatever else has the capacity to be seen, you now can witness yourself and hear yourself, all those hidden shadows that are in you. Mm -hmm. The busyness is just masking this. It's not actually solving anything. If anything, it's actually making it worse in the long run. Yeah, you're so right there. Absolutely. So important to be curious and open to the process. And as I say, sometimes it's not going to feel very comfortable, but it's a short term period where you have to just look at your emotions that you've avoided to do for probably a very long time, because I know I had to do it i've had so many stuffed emotions <laughs> that you know when i finally decided to look at them was like holy mother you know <laughs> but i'm so much better off now that i did it mm-hmm. yes it was uncomfortable but i would never go back to where i was a few years <laughs> ago oh my god like hell no I, I've, now awesome. i'm thinking how did i even function like <laughs> You know, so it's, it's absolutely a process that pay dividends. Absolutely. I highly recommend to anyone. And definitely hire someone to help you because I don't think I could have done it myself because as like you say, there's all those emotions that bubble up, all those things that we've tried to avoid for many years. And it's difficult to navigate that by yourself because then the mind comes up with menace, stories, and is trying to take us back to our old ways of doing things. It's trying to take us back to the old ways of being. Mm-hmm. And is a really good trickster, by the way. <laughs>
1: it's very good. Yes. And it's doing it for our safety, like you said. And it's our nervous system, our brain, our thoughts, our wiring. And it's you are, you're too close to your brain to evaluate what's happening from the outside. You're too mm-hmm. entrenched in it. And so whatever modality people resonate with, I agree. Like, don't do this on your own because you could end up in a worse place, potentially. If you get stuck and now you're like halfway in between both, we call it the river of misery in (laughs) terms. You're stuck in the river of misery and you just need a little guidance and help from the outside. Mm -hmm. to Kind of get to that other, the nice green grass on the other side.
0: Absolutely. And as you say, and I totally agree with this because, there's so many different modalities out there and yes I use hypnosis and I'm training in NLP but it may not resonate with you find something and you know you do life coaching find a modality and find a person that you resonate with energy is really important so important, important yes so find someone that you like that you resonate with and get help that you need I'm curious, what would you say from your perspective are the most important three things, free tips that you could give to someone who is struggling with anxiety and maybe tried a few things and it's not really working? What would you say are the three most important things to start that journey to overcome anxiety?
1: Oh, I love that question. And you're saying the free 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 most yeah. important. I'm sure that you know we oh. can
0: come up with many, but oh, I you know. no, I
1: love that because that is such a good question. Because regardless of what's going on for you right now, you can absolutely find something out there to help. Um, I think looking into nervous system regulation mm-hmm. and specifically things with the vagus nerve are so helpful. There's a lot of free information out there on how to just help your nervous system calm down because a lot of times from experiences in your childhood or trauma, or just experiences in the world, a car accident, anything, our nervous system gets to be so stressed out and finding ways to relax that are super helpful. There are vagus nerve holds to do. You can use like ice on your neck or your chest for brief periods of time. You can do cold showers Um, you can do, there's like rocking techniques. Our body loves Mm -hmm. to rock and soothe just like a little baby does. So I would say, look into nervous system regulation. If you're having anxiety, I would say sleep is a tricky one because a lot of times you have a difficult relationship with sleep. So maybe changing that in your mind to rest. Like I'm going to get more rest if you struggle with insomnia or if you're up in the middle of the night reframing it to, I'm going to give myself rest, which is laying there awake, but your body's not moving or, you know, whatever feels comfortable, um, to you. That's definitely another thing to look into. Um, and then I do actually highly recommend for all of my clients to look into guided meditations, hypnosis, you know, things that you can find on YouTube and to do those Mm -hmm. before bed, as you're falling asleep, when your brain is in a more receptive place, Um, And whatever topics feel really healing to you, self-love, or, you know, there are specific ones out there for anxiety. Um, I am enough kind of um, work, anything out there, but those are, there's a lot of resources you can find for guided meditations and hypnosis on YouTube.
0: Absolutely. Because even, you know, I'm hypnotist and I like to listen to other people's meditations and hypnotist audios just to see what's out there. And I don't always want to listen to my own voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So I love getting, you know, other people's uh, audios and see, you know, how that resonates with me. So I really love that because I listen to stuff every day. Mm -hmm. And now that I've slowed down and I learned to sit in silence and meditate, I actually find it really uncomfortable when I have to be on a goal mode a bit maybe I'm super busy that day or something I really need to slow down and make sure that I'm more present and it's a more natural state for me now but it's still a practice we still actually have to consciously choose because it's quite easy to be swept away with the busyness of the world yeah you're so right
1: the pace is just like frantic that Frantic frenzied energy. I, I think we were I work a lot with moms on this. The morning just starts and the kids wake up and their energy mm-hmm. so fast and so high that the moms don't realize it, but we're neurologically like mirroring them and going straight into that like wild energy. But to us, it doesn't feel exciting and fun like it does to your five-year-old. It feels overwhelming and exhausting. And like helping them work with their energy to stay in a more calm, relaxed place, even when the kids are in a much faster, more chaotic place. And
0: it's so beautiful what you said about the mirror, because if you struggle with anxiety or overwhelm and you know there's something going on in your energy, your child is going to pick this up and mirror it back to you. So it's always about looking at self. And I know that can be challenging because when I started, I was like, what do you mean there's absolutely nothing wrong with me my energy is fine <laughs> <laughs> but I know that sometimes this can be really challenging to do about when you act so it's like okay well just let me check with myself where am I at probably going to find that actually you may be a bit too overwhelmed or burnout or tired or angry or whatever that is and your child is picking this up. And they are masters, (laughs) (laughs) actual masters at reading your energy.
1: They really, really are. Our kids and our animals. If you want to read the room, and generally also, this is something that I've noticed, and feel free to disagree, but I tend to feel like for some reason, the women are a little bit more magnetic for the energy,
0: Mm, which
1: you'll watch. When families are together and like mom leaves the room and goes to a different room, a lot of the times the kids or the partners or the other people end up following her and all around the house, unknowingly, that doesn't necessarily always happen when dad leaves the room or whatnot. Um, but yes, like they are very aware of our energy and then that can feel like pressure as well. Sometimes mm. like feel pressure where I'm dysregulated and I actually just say it to my child. I'm feeling dysregulated. I'm very Sorry but I am not able to regulate my nervous system well right now. So I'm sorry that I feel like tense, you know, tense energy. I'm sorry that I feel stressful right now. And I think even though it's like, I can't calm down, like, you know, it might be five minutes, it might be 30 minutes, but I know that I'm trying, I'm voicing to them that I'm dysregulated. So I'm giving them kind of the words to use and they know what that feels like. They felt that energy, whether you're saying it or not. We tend to think that's going to make it worse for them, but I think them understanding and knowing that and knowing that it's not their job to help you kind of regulate yourself Mm -hmm. um, can be a really powerful thing when working with your kids.
0: So I'm really curious what you think, because I grew up in an environment where as children, we were kept away from the adult business. So nothing was really explained to us. It's for your benefit and it's for your good. But actually, I believe now that there's never really too young to explain to child, how are you feeling? Now I know how we create stories and patterns in our mind from such an early age. To, to take the measure out of it, just explain it to your child. I'm just not feeling very well right now, nothing to do with you and just openly share with your child. They're never really too young to misunderstand this. I think we're doing more harm when we hide things away from them for their own good. What would you say to that?
1: I so agree with you. And I had the same experience growing up. I saw my mother cry once and my father would yell very frequently and very intensely, but there was no apologies. There was no explanation. There was no anything. So I agree. I think it's so confusing to children when they, they are reading the energy they're picking up on the energy completely, but they don't necessarily have terms for it. I think giving them terms for different emotions, which are energies is very important. And from not a place of like mommy's angry, you need to behave different, but from a place with this is anger, mommy is angry. It is not your fault mom's dealing with this or what, however you want to do it, that works best for you. But I agree. Like it is never too young. My child at age four was starting to say I'm dysregulated or I'm overstimulated because I just use those terms around him. And those two energies are very intense. So children, you know, definitely know when those are going on, but giving them terms for that is so helpful without putting the responsibility on them, but it actually gives them more freedom and lessens up the pressure when it's not Mm. confusing where they understand, okay, this is mommy when she's frustrated or overwhelmed. I feel that energy. I know what that means. She'll be better. It'll be okay. You know, and they learn to kind of like be near a feeling without having to interact with it because it's somebody else's, which is super, a super great thing for them to experience.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree because I grew up in a household where nothing was really explained and hidden away. And that's why I've learned about the world. And now as a grown up, I had to unravel all of that in <laughs> a healthy way of understanding yeah. of the world and what emotion means. And to see that it's safe because I've hidden. and I learned to hide my emotions and I had to learn that it's okay, it's safe. It's okay to say how I feel and it's okay to show how I feel. But I had to learn this as a grown-up because that wasn't my reality when I was a child. So it's so important to be honest and open with our children because we as children don't have the logical, critical mind capacity to understand What's going on? And now we are grown up, and we struggle to slow down. We struggle to show the emotions. We overachievers because we may believe if I am not achieving, then I'm not good enough, or not worthy. I am not you know worthy of being loved and seen and accepted, and all those stories that we create based upon what happened to us, based upon who we encountered along the way. So it's so important to. And I think to create a better world really because we stopping that generational well let's call it trauma
1: mm-hmm.
0: we stop this from moving further down the line because your child now is going to be so much better equipped once he grows up than we were when we entered. well definitely i was <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too yes and even if you
1: don't have kids just doing the work the inner child work on yourself healing that i think as mothers like I mean, it's not easier, but in a way it's a little bit easier because you're kind of forced to deal with your inner child mm-hmm. stuff. Cause your kid's going to automatically, like they're going the to bring up back to you. But if you're doing that work on your own without kids, like it's so powerful, it's still healing the next generation from the, you know, global subconscious level. It's still really, really powerful. It's going to make a huge difference in your life,
0: but it's healthy it- for everyone all the people that you interact with you're going to impact them Mm -hmm. your friends your family the way you show up is really going to rub it off other people Mm -hmm. yeah so i find this uh with myself that when i show up differently people in my needed environment show up differently as well because they mirror back that energy
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and so powerful i I. For me, it's just, I love it. I love Clients and there's, it just absolutely fills <laughs> my <Me> soul <too>. because I feel like <laughs> we're making the world a better place, just one client at a time, one person at a time. Absolutely. Every little piece that we're healing
1: for ourselves and for our clients, I feel like it's making such a big difference in shifting all of all of
0: our experience as humanity. Mm. Awesome, amazing. I think we kind of went all over the place. <laughs> but I absolutely love this, and I resonate so much with what you said, um, and I can see the impact that we've got in the world and other people's lives. And then the ripple effect of they going to interact with their friends and family and that just goes further and further away. And I think considering what the world is at these days, I think is a work really much needed. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. It's so important, especially right now for us to help ourselves, you know, help heal in whatever ways we can and know that this is hard. It's hard to be a human right now. <laughs> um, and the more that we can just be gentle and loving towards ourselves and, and um, if that's not possible, get help so that you do get to experience Self compassion and self love, because every single human deserves to feel that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful place to stop. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much for coming. Uh, It was a beautiful conversation. Yeah, thank you. It was
1: delightful to be here. I just, I feel so, so wonderful right now. Just so connected, (laughs) so grateful.
0: Amazing. Uh, so, thank you very much again, and I see everyone next week. Thank you for listening. If you found value in this podcast, I would like to ask you to leave a positive review explaining how this episode helped you to improve your life. I ask you to do this because this will help other people to improve their lives as well. Share and spread the love all around you. Raise your vibrations to improve your life. If you would like more transformational content like this, connect with me on Instagram. You can find the link in the description of this podcast and I'll see you over in the next episode.